Welcome back into Mining Stock Daily, everybody. This is Trevor Hall reporting from the Association for Mineral Exploration Roundup Conference 2022. Uh, the sun is shining in Vancouver. We are right on the harbor here. And my first interview from the exhibit floor is with Brandon McDonald, CEO of Fireweed Zinc, trading on the TSX Venture with FWZ, or Z, as my friends across the board up north like to say. Good morning, Brandon. Uh, good morning. Also on the uh, OTC, officially now, FWEDF. FWEDF, yeah. official, official. Yeah, uh, and hopefully with the DTC eligibility soon. Nice. Get a little bit more exposure out of us U.S. citizens? Yeah, I, look, every little bit helps, right? You know, when when uh, for any company that supply-demand balance of your shares, you might only need to generate 5% more buying to to flip a chart right so mm. you gotta you gotta think about the little wins not just the big ones yeah very good uh, let's uh i, w- I want to get kind of get a corporate update from fireweed first and then i get a couple of big bigger themes i want to get your discussion about because i know you're a smart guy um but let's get the latest from the mcmillan pass project in the yukon you've continued to put out good results the work throughout 2021 uh, continue to develop. I mentioned it this morning, you know, exploration is tedious and long, uh, and you kind of, that, that's definitely the case up in the Yukon. Yeah, well, look, it takes time, right? You know, and it, it takes longer. Uh, yeah, I mean, it, presumably it takes longer when you're bound by seasonality. Sometimes I'm not so sure about that because you've got a nice, healthy off-season to really crunch the data and come at it hard in summer with that data well understood. I, I think sometimes jurisdictions that can drill year-round, uh, there's probably money wasted just because it's like, well, we got to keep drilling. And, and maybe your data is not ready for those holes, right? Right, right. Uh, so tell us about the success from 2021. What was the company able to do? And how does that set you up for your strategy in 2022? Yeah, well, look, 2021, weirdly, is not done yet because we don't have the last of our drill results in. Uh, early results were quick, you know, six week turnaround and then it just got backed up and it backed up and then our lab had a cyber ransom attack which delayed everything four to six weeks. So we're, we're still waiting on two drill holes. But, you know, the critical thing that came out of this was more success at Boundary West. Uh, most notably, the, the discovery of a new super high grade horizon which we didn't previously know existed. Uh, so that's a big deal. You know, that, that was sort of a 40 percent-ish, well, maybe not quite, mid-30 percent uh, zinc equivalent sort of horizon um, that that looks hot and it, and it looks, you know, pretty interesting and it sits stratigraphically above uh, the, the kind of massive sulfide horizon we found in 2020. And we hit that massive sulfide horizon at, at Boundary West again this year and uh, managed to find areas where it's higher grade yet. So we're, we're, we're definitely seeing some zonation and some trending there that we can use to our advantage. Um, so look, it's, it's been a, a story of building on exploration success kind of begets more exploration success as you, as you begin to understand the project better. I mean, this is something, this is a project that when we bought it, it was understood that, hey, there's, there's one mineralized horizon. Tom and Jason sit in that mineralized horizon, little mineralized horizon, <laughs> say that 10 times fast. And, and um, Exploring anywhere else was a waste of time. And what we know now is that, one, Tom and Jason are not in the same horizon. Two, that, that there's probably 
rather than being now there's those two mineralized horizons, probably closer to six or more, mm -hmm. um, and that there are these vein-hosted systems that cross-cut horizons. Um, so it's a very, very different project, a very, very different potential, you know, and we expect that, that the next technical reports that come out on it are, are going to really reflect a radically different project that, that's in the real upper echelons of, of undeveloped zinc projects. This discovery of this new high-grade horizon at Boundary West, it really creates some dynamics with the geology, it seems like. Yeah, well, you know, the whole boundary area is interesting because when we first started drilling it, you know, when we bought it off tech, it was understood to be these broad, low-grade horizons. Right. Locally reasonable grade. And so we came in and did some drilling and confirmed that. Uh, for sure, there's some very broad, you know, two to three hundred meters true thickness. It's thick. Uh, uh, you know, sort of two and a half to four percent or four and a half percent zinc. Um, locally, very high grade. But always was this vein-hosted stuff. Um, it was not, you know, we had conceived after 2019 that there might be stratiform horizons connected to these vein-hosted, you know, bits. And uh, 2020, we went and tested that theory and, and found it, right? And then 2020, we proved that, that there's more, there's multiple of these stratiform horizons there, um, which look more like Tom and Jason, right? So, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's uh, incredible and it's it's just shows you that you know these old projects and these projects have been around are not always well understood yeah. um, and that a lot of work doesn't mean and a lot of data does not necessarily mean a lot of understanding yeah fair enough uh, it's, I mean that's true with almost a lot of projects I mean I know you're very familiar with Dixie Project and Great Barrett and yep. I mean that was not the same project that they took on right like they took there, it had been drilled and worked on for a couple decades. Yeah, well, and that, you know, credit credit to um, the Great Bear team um, who went in there with, with a theory and, and the, the initial theory that the hinge zone, I think, was more cohesive than previously thought was correct. And then the whole LP fault thing was, was kind of brand new and it was a result of them being, you know, intellectually and scientifically nimble, right? right? Which is critical, you know, don't, don't, anchor yourself to these dogmas. Uh, you know, it's like, well, if it's in the Red Lake District, it has to look like this. Or in our case, if it's a SEDEX, it has to look like this. You know, in, in our case, first off, we know that, that SEDEX means sedimentary exhalative. It's not exhalative, it's replacement. Um, so that really changes how you explore and what you look for. And so you have to kind of, and, and that's something, that's science that's really been firming up in the last 15 years. So if we've been anchored to the, the old school dogma of how these things are formed and how you explore for them, we would not have found anywhere near the tons in the grade that we have. Yeah. So how does this now position fireweed for 2022 exploration? I mean, I know we're still waiting on assays from this previous year, and th those are going to come in due time, but you obviously got to kind of get an idea of what you're going to do when the season comes because you're so crunched for time. You know, how does this how does this change the those dynamics with exploration in this summer? Yeah, look, I'm I'm feeling extremely fortunate that we raised money in December and and we kicked that financing off right before the tax loss selling season hit and it hit a lot of people, including us, pretty bad. And, um, so we got five million in the bank, and and you know it's easy to second guess you know the the wisdom of that at the time because you're like oh maybe I can raise it at higher, but much to my surprise, I thought January was going to be good. 
I, I thought tax loss selling in December was overdone, and I thought we were due for a bounce in January. And uh, what happened was the exact opposite. It's been an absolute bloodbath in January, and I am super, super happy we have that money. And what that allows us to do is, is really plan a, a 2022 program that's going to be as big as last year, that's going to firm up Boundary and Boundary West, maybe a hole or two at, at Tom, um, and allow us to build towards a, a global resource and updated PEA. So you're going to do a global resource? You wouldn't do a separate one just for Boundary? You, look, we, I, I guess, you know, Tom and Jason have not changed a lot. We've done a, a reasonable amount of drilling in them. Actually, I don't, we've not had a, a drill hole into Jason properly since the last resource update, so I don't think Jason's going to change much at all. Um, Tom will definitely change the addition of Tom North, um, some some success at, at Tom West, um, but it's not going to change a lot. Uh, nonetheless, I think it makes sense to refresh that while we're there. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I think there's an extremely high probability uh, that, that we're going to do that global resource update and that PEA. Um, but there's always the possibility that, that, you know, part of the reason it got delayed was the success at Boundary West because we thought we were going to deliver it this year. And it's a case of, you know, you're, balance, you're doing that balancing act of, as you're having expiration success, like, the, you know, peop some people are crying out for, um, well, you know, it's been four years since you've updated your resource. Right. W when are you going to do that? And, and, you know, other people are saying, and that, that's a legitimate criticism. Other people are saying, well, if you keep having expiration success, why are you putting a number on it yet, right? Like, so th there's, a, there's a high degree of logic to both, you know, both ways of thinking. So there's a chance we're going out to, to produce that resource and produce that PEA this year. There's a chance that, that a high degree of luck or a lot of <laughs> bad luck perhaps even, like it's a, you know, it's a, a high risk industry, uh, might change that thinking. Okay. But I would say significantly better than 50% chance that that's what's coming. All right. Very interesting. Uh, I, I do want to get your thoughts on the big market behind the base metals, specifically zinc. Uh, we have reported on it a couple of times in the last couple of weeks about the energy crunch out of Europe. Is It was threatening to close down smelters. Well, it has closed down a couple of them. Yep. Um, uh, with the exception, actually, uh, you have brought to my attention that uh, Boliden or Bulletin, however you want to pronounce it, is actually investing more into smelters up in Scandinavia because they can use hydroelectric power, renewable power to yep. power those things, which is obviously great. But really, like watching this energy crunch happen in Europe, you know, like what are, what is something you're paying attention to uh, when it comes to the demand and price of zinc? Because obviously, prices have gone up, but you know, obviously, it's also always that equities, yep. especially yep. the junior side, is not. Yeah, I think that. Um at the current, there's two things to consider with, with any base metal. It's it's really not just your your metal, you know, price. Very few miners produce you know metal. Most of them produce concentrate. Right. So it's also your treatment charges and and you know as your as your treatment charge as your metal price go up, is your treatment charge increasing enough that it's actually consuming all that gain? In the case of zinc, it isn't right now. And in fact, spot treatment charges are very low. Um, yet metal price is extremely high. Um, you know, so it's not, there's more to the story than just the smelter shutting down because if that was the case, you, you would see 
really high treatment charges. If, if there was a constraint on smelter supply, driving metal prices up, um, then treatment charges would be going bananas. You'd have $300 sort of spot treatment charges, and it's not, it's not anywhere near that. It's, it's, I think it's less than 100 right now. Hmm. Um, so that there's a, there's a multi-factor thing here, and it's definitely mind constraint. Um, and this is like these, is this a short-term issue? Yeah, you know, the energy crisis in Europe, I, I don't know how short-term it is, but but it's certainly this winter, is, you know, there's, there's a real short-term element to it. Um, but it highlights the fragility of the, the zinc market. Um, and you're seeing this in other base metals too, that, that it's not a robust market and, and you know, the, the COVID is as unusual as it is and unprecedented. You know, the, the, you got to kind of start expecting the unprecedented or expect the unexpected and, and markets going forward. And these are fragile markets. And I, I think that, you know, the, the um, prices for base metal, the forecasts have to go up. And I tweeted about this, that a friend who works for a, a senior producer said that they did an audit of all the projects in the kind of pipeline. They looked at the Wood Mackenzie, et cetera, yeah. you know, probable projects. And they looked at them and they said, they don't, they don't understand why they were getting built if your long-term zinc price is a buck 10, which is kind of the, you know, I think buck 15 or maybe buck 14 is the, per pound is the uh, analyst consensus. And so their point was like, these, at that price, these projects are garbage. And, and so it actually made them scratch their head and think that well, this is what's, these are the projects that's necessary to, to plug that supply gap then the price has to go up in real terms. Right, because like, you're just not, you know, nobody's mm -hmm. out there finding, you know, big, fat, lower quartile mines right now, right? They're, they're, they're big, but they're, they're not, you know, they're sort of second, third, fourth quartile, you know, or, or small and, and maybe higher grade, but um, there's a real challenge, the, and this is the base metal story, that right. there's no investment, right? And, and and even if there is investment, we're going deeper, or we're going lower graded, or we're going to politically challenging jurisdictions. Um, we're setting ourselves up for a crisis, and it's been been coming for a while. Uh, I, know, I, I mean, I know this is a very, you're going to give a biased answer because you actually run a zinc exploration project, but where does MacPass fit into that kind of definition of what those producers are going to need to fill that void? Yeah, look, um, let, let, let's take our, our 2018 PEA at face value. You know, the, the, the listeners can, can question the wisdom of taking any study at face value, but, but for the sake of this discussion, let's take it at face value. It, it would make Mac Pass 15th largest sink mine in the world, mm -hmm. you know, but pretty, pretty chunky. It would make us lower third quartile costs, so middle of the pack, right? Yeah. Um, but, um, you know, it's... it's we need a lot more than that. <laughs> you know, on sort of a three to five percent CAGR, you, you need uh, four to five MAC passes a year based on the 2018 PEA. Mm -hmm. Now, I know I think our updated one with the inclusion of boundary zone, et cetera, I think is going to be 20 to 60% bigger yeah. in terms of throughput. It's a wide range, but you know, we're obviously narrowing that down. So um, we could break the top 10, but still, not enough to single-handedly save the market. You know, you, you, you could add a, I think you could add a red dog a year, and it still wouldn't fix the market. Hmm. It would natural, not just, you know, the, the, the KGAR, the, the demand growth, but the, the supply attrition. Wow. So, you know, it's, 
I mean, look, and I'm here talking about Zinc as a CEO of a Zinc Junior, but this is the story with basically all the base metals. Um, it's not know, just copper. I mean, copper kind of is the limelight in the whole complex. Uh, but it's, you know, we've also seen the big run-up in the nickel price. Nickel projects have obviously followed suit. And we wrote about this in the MSD Extra, what was it, two weeks ago, about zinc, how zinc is running up to a buck eighty, I think, at the day I was writing it. Yeah. But the equities were <laughs> selling off. There's just no love. Well, that's, you know, and, and even the senior producers are, are, are getting valuations like like all the base metal prices are on the precipitous of, a, of you know, collapsing. Um, that whatever free cash flow they benefit from now is ephemeral, that it's gone tomorrow. Right. Um, so is that, could, could we see a substantial drop in base metal prices in the next six to 18 months? Yeah, I think there's a real possibility, but it doesn't change the medium to long-term thesis, right? And, and, and that's the thing is when you're an investor, it's, it, you gotta look at, you know, for a project like ours, the, the zinc price today might bring the marginal buyer in, you know, the marginal retail buyer, but, but it's not really essential to the project's success, the long-term, you know, thesis is. So that's what you gotta consider when you, when you place your bets. Uh, Brandon, let's wrap it up that because uh, you know we got a lot, lot to cover today. But it's great to have you on to kick off the first interview at the exhibit hall of Roundup. And pleasure to see you back yeah, on well, turf. Yeah, it's pleasure. Well, to see you in person. I don't know when. When, when even was it last? Probably Roundup. Yeah, <laughs> or PDAC twenty twenty probably. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That was Super kind of the last spreader. one. And and I'm. <laughs> it's a you know it's a good buzz here. And and look, it's it's a lot smaller which I think is helping because it means that you got less people but in an even lesser space. Right. Right, so it, it feels good. Um, I'm happy to be here and it's great to have you here. Yeah, uh, I actually, we, you know, you and I walked into the exhibit hall together this morning and, um, you know, it's late in the morning, but I was like, you know what, this place looks, it's kind of busy. Mm. It's yeah. nice to see. No, it's, it's, it's excellent, hopefully, Hopefully we're in the tail end of this crisis and and uh, it's business as usual soon. Yeah. All right, that's Brandon McDonald from Fireweed Zinc. Uh, we're going to take a break, everybody, and be back with some more interviews from the Roundup Conference here in Vancouver, B.C. The information presented should not be considered investment advice. Mining Stock Daily and its affiliates are not responsible for any loss arising from any investment decision in connection with the material presented herein. Please do your own research or speak with a licensed financial representative before making any investment decisions.